0: Taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears Hello and welcome to episode 173 I hope that you're doing very well today and if you do happen to be struggling with OCD or anxiety you can get a free session with me to get that all you need to do is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can leave me a message and we can arrange the free session. In today's podcast, I speak with Chris Gauthier, who is a uh, somebody who has struggled with um, OCD since uh, a very young age and has who has used creativity and uh, specifically music to really help him through that journey um obviously he's also done a lot of therapy over the years and today he kind of goes into detail about some of the the problems that he's had to overcome some of the lessons that he's learned from this experience so he's you know he's got a really fascinating story to tell and it's um you know it's a very positive one um, and we actually end with some music as well that, that Chris wanted to share. So um, I think you'll find it's a, a really, uh, really interesting and hopefully a very helpful episode. To find out more about his music, you can head over to um, Apple Music or Spotify and uh, and put in Chris Gaultier or um, I will put links to his music in the show notes so you can just click on that um if you find this podcast helpful it would be amazing if you could uh, follow and like on instagram that really does help to get the message out there and if you could also subscribe in your podcast app of choice that would also be amazing so there we go guys many thanks i really hope you enjoy um if you have any questions then do please let me know hi chris welcome
1: to the podcast hi robert thanks so much for having me
0: that's great to have you on. so uh, you got in touch with me initially because um, you've been listening to the podcast for for a while, and um, you know you're a creative person. Um, we're sat here now, you've got about fifteen guitars hanging on the wall <laughs> yes.
1: um,
0: and uh, yeah you you um you know you struggle with 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 OCD. Can you just tell us a little bit to start off with? um about your your kind of struggles with with ocd
1: sure yeah no problem um it's something that uh well, hello from from the greater toronto area in canada by the way and to anybody listening <laughs> um, it's uh, it's something that i've definitely been dealing with since i was since i can remember since i was the age of i'm going to say about five or six mm. when you really start the age of um you know when you when you really start start understanding things and starting to figure out how things work. Um, that's about the time that I would have started struggling with it. And it began mainly with um at the time it was mainly worries of um cleanliness and keeping things perfect and uh what sanitary concerns and stuff like that, sanitation. And then it grew into more of a more of an obsessions about guilt and ha- oh, sorry about having guilt about things that I have either done or things I'm going to do right the the what-ifs mm. just became super super difficult yeah and then right around of but I was able to sort of put it aside I've always been a very social guy so I like playing with friends and doing things when I was younger and just always busy That mm. uh, was bit of a drawing, like a a visual artist as well. So I would draw lots of pictures and write stories and read and play sports and all that. So everything was great that way, but I had this sort of sidetrack that was always running. And that was the frustrating part. But I just thought, well, everybody must, but no one talks about it. So, oh, well, and I just carried on. And this was the mid to late 80s, going into the early 90s when I was you know, becoming a teenager Mm. um yeah and that's where things it obviously changes because teenager times are difficult on its own to someone who isn't struggling with uh with mental
2: health
1: Mm. and um so as you get girlfriends and more friends and high school and all that sort of stuff things things changed even in more different ways um yeah so it was it was tough all the way through that but at the same time it right right around the time I was about 13 14 15 I was learning how to I had the real interest in, in playing guitar and playing music and uh, I think I was right around the summer when I was uh, 13 so I guess it was around uh, 95 or so when uh, I started playing guitar and I got my grandpa to teach me how to play a few chords started taking lessons yeah and I found that it was something that I could absolutely dive into <laughs> <laughs> punctuated Sorry. by the Bruno's that's okay, just, uh
0: just barking at my uh, girlfriend who's wandering around outside <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's awesome no worries yeah so i found that playing guitar was something that i just absolutely dove into obsessed about it but in a good way mm. you know it was not negative in any way it was fun it was enjoyable and it wasn't like a When you say obsessed, I wasn't. I was just glued to it. You know, I could still focus on other things too, but it was just a the best hobby in the world.
0: Yeah, fantastic. uh, So that really helped then. that That was the best. Okay. So, so in 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 what way then was that was that so helpful? Do you think was it because it was helping you to get out of your head? Because we know with OCD, a big part of the problem is you know getting lost in the thoughts and I imagine you know when you're playing guitar, perhaps you go into a kind of flow state where you're just in the present. Is, is that was that part of that, it?
1: That's exactly it, and it wasn't something I was cognitive about at the time. I don't think hmm. um, it was. I, I remember reading our our art teacher in grade nine or ten or whatever. She had a book called Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain, and it talked about the two sides of your brain, the two lobes of your brain. I don't know how scientific it is, but your left brain is more analytical or more mathematical and uh, is conscious of uh, time and is conscious of measurements and that sort of stuff, right? But then your right brain is uh, more, a lot less conscious of all those things mm. and allows you to get lost in the time, get lost in something. And I really thought, wow, that makes total sense. Cause that's what happens when you're drawing or doing something creative. And then at the time it was playing music and playing guitar. I would just sort of get lost in it. So I wasn't doing it on purpose to try and refocus. It just naturally happened that way. And yeah. it was great. It was, it was the best way to, and, and then I noticed that, you know, that I would be, Hey, everything sort of fades away and no worries about school, no worries about anything when I'm focused on playing the guitar
0: absolutely and, uh, yeah
1: it's yeah, it's interesting lessons.
0: yeah it's it's interesting because i had a, a similar experience but with with uh, surfing when i was kind of um, in my late teens early 20s i got into surfing and you know that whole process of just going out into the ocean You know, waiting for the waves, looking at the waves, what's happening? Is there is there a set coming? Am I gonna get am am I gonna get hit by a big set and kind of washed to the beach? And you know, am I in the right position and kind of competing with the other people to you know to actually catch the waves? All of these things force you to be in the present moment. And you know, I absolutely loved. Obviously, the best part of it was riding the wave. When you were riding the wave, you are not thinking about anything else whatsoever i mean you can't if you're riding it well or at least i was trying to ride it well whether i actually was or not who knows i uh, yeah. wasn't the best of yeah. surfers but you know <laughs> oh
1: no well that's the thing it's a focus it's a project and it's something that you just you found that you love to do and that's really all that matters there we, that there we
0: go there we go yeah that's really
1: it, all that matters i i felt the same with i didn't I didn't do it to the same extent, but I played hockey growing up, of course, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when, when you're on the ice skating, there's nothing better, like yeah. nothing better than skating. You're, you're just flowing and it's cold and it's just, uh, whether you're playing hockey or just playing skating. Um, so any form of exercise, any type of sport, anything like that is, I think, great. That's yeah. what they always say, right? That's what the books say. That's what Absolutely. my favorite always said. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In many different ways. Now it's, uh, you know biochemically it's good we're releasing more more serotonin and other positive neurotransmitters um but yeah just just for for being more in the present moment as well um okay and so for you um you know you you realize that that music and specifically the, the the guitar were things that could really help you to to come into the present something that you could use to to really help you with your mental health and, and OCD issues. Um, so how do things progress yeah. then from, from that point?
1: Well, I, I was realizing that, uh, you know, this was a lot of fun working on it. So I would, I would work on learning techniques on the guitar, um, learn a different type of guitar. So grab a 12 string or um, electric to acoustic and learn different techniques that way. And then I remember really feeling, and again, cause I was sort of creative growing up, I would, really wanting to start to sing and stuff like that too and learn how to sing some songs and um, so once I started getting uh the process of learning some lyrics and learning chords and being able to strum and sing at the same time you know once you get to that point you can tell a story at that point too you're able to I wasn't quite writing songs but learning at least to replicate uh Garth Brooks and different country artists and stuff at the time and uh definitely uh You know, just just getting into um, being able to to mimic what you see, right? Um, And then I would get to the point of, okay, we have this big talent show at the high school every year or every six months kind of thing, every semester. I'm going to put together a song. I remember telling my parents that I'm going to sing this song at the talent show. You they're like, you're going to sing a song? I know you're playing guitar, but are you sure you're going to sing? Yeah, yeah, no problem. I can sing. It'll be fine. It'll be good. And like, okay, go for it. So I did, worked it up. And I was just like, wow, this is the coolest feeling ever being able to sing like in the gym with the loudspeakers and just hearing it uh, reverb through the gym. It's just like, this is the best feeling on the planet. So, mm-hmm. but the process then, not only of learning something, but practicing and rehearsing and getting ready for something like that was addictive then.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: it, not only have I learned something, figured the song out, but now I've got something to work towards. So there's a there's an end game there. There's an end goal. There's a there's a project I'm working on to build a product at the end, mm. and that never stopped either. So booking gigs and booking shows all the way through my teens and 20s and 30s is always something that's there. Um, at, again, it's sometimes. Well, my wife always says I'm 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 all or nothing, which I always have been. I'm a, kind of an extreme. That's I think that's part of an OCD way of, of being as well as you're either a ten or a one, and um you got to find a way. And actually, I heard this on Dax Shepard on his podcast. He said you got to find a way to just be cool with five, like just sit at five, and that's okay. You don't have to be ten or one. Mm, so
0: absolutely, been, yeah,
1: yeah. So I found that you know working on music at those levels helps too. Either a ten or a one. No, no, no. Let's just get to a five, <laughs> and let's just. You know what I mean? It's
0: all or nothing with everything. Yeah, I, I, I really think that's a, an important um, part of, of learning to manage OCD because, you know, so often I think a big part of the issue is that we get addicted to, you know, adrenaline in our kind of, in our society. Um, we are constantly looking for something to distract us, um, you know, and, and that can be a 10 out of 10, excitement kind of distraction or a one out of 10 you know like i'm feeling the worst ever but both of those states in a way they are you know they give you something to focus your mind on and they they are very intense and actually you know the, the middle path if you like is you know a much healthier place to be you know we were talking before we started the podcast about how is you grow a bit older OCD for some people is can be a little bit easier to manage because maybe you're beginning to settle into who you are a bit more um you know in your 20s and 30s perhaps you feel this need to to go out more to impress more to you know maybe you haven't quite found yourself yet um as you do kind of get a bit older it seems to be a bit easier maybe um You know, there's obviously exceptions to that. There's always exceptions. Um, But yeah, certainly for me, I resonate with that as well. And I feel like when I'm doing best and when my clients are doing best with, with managing OCD, it's because they're in that middle place. They're not going anymore for that intense high. And in doing so, they're avoiding having that intense low. It's just kind of going for that more middle ground.
1: Yeah, that's it, man. I, through, Well, through my 20s, I was able to like, get into a, a good career and buy myself a, a place. I had a nice little condo, but I would also just keep striving to the utmost for playing more music and playing more gigs and recording and jamming with more uh, musicians. And it got to a point of, okay, I'm doing too much of this. Then I'll, also, because that's a lot of fun, partying was a lot of fun. So going out lots, as you said, and at gigs, having to party while drink while while playing. So having to drink a lot while playing, or just going to see a friend, see a band that, you know, having to drink a lot to go do that too, or just write a song. And of course, drinking is a big part of it. I've been able to keep it somewhat capped, but you know, it's been one of those things where it's all or nothing. So, yeah. um, Yeah. That, that comes along with it. And it certainly comes along with the music world, you know, playing and performing. I mean, you're an entertainer, so you're playing in bars and restaurants. And mm,
2: that sort
1: of yeah. Thing. Um, and it, it, it's all, all a moderation. I joke with my wife now, now that I've turned 40, I'm, I'm moderation, man, my superhero <laughs> name. moderation, man, everything. In
0: moderation. <laughs> moderation, man, it's the way to manage OCD. That's um, it. man. <laughs> yeah okay and so so kind of as you were kind of growing up then through your 20s you know into your 30s um you know using music in this positive way as as a as a kind of locomotive if you like to kind of keep you moving to keep you going um yeah what i mean what else were you doing to to help you to manage the ocd were you um were you in therapy and 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 this kind of thing
1: Definitely. So I remember I was 18 years old when I first, it, it sort of capped my OCD capped and I, I didn't know yet. I knew I had, what well, I knew what was going on was real. I didn't know what it was. I always thought from TV shows that OCD was just people that, uh, you know, as they always say right oh, I'm so OCD about keeping my room clean and stuff. And I always thought, mm-hmm. well, whatever, it's, I don't really care. I don't mind a messy room. You know, I didn't understand it. I didn't know about it. And, um, I was able to uh, through a teacher or something forget. yeah, a teacher at the time, I was understanding more about what it was. And uh, so I went and was able to get through I think it was through my dad's work was able to get um, to see a therapist, to actually speak to a professional and learn about what was going on because i was I was hurting big time at the time. I was finally able to talk to my parents about it too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that was, I was 18 it was, that's 2000. And that was when it was, I mean, we were talking about mental health, but nowhere near to the amount, to the amount now. And certainly for a guy, you wouldn't mm-hmm. talk about things like that then. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I reached the point of, all right, I've, I've got to discuss this now with my parents and, and get help. I need it. So, um, yeah, they, my, my parents were able to help me find a therapist and then, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist, I guess, <laughs> whoever was able to actually diagnose me and prescribe medication. So uh, able to get going on a therapy plan as well as find the right dose of medication and to combine the two of them helped. But then again, it that changed up and down. And there was times where I didn't go to therapy and then times where my medication changed. Um, summing up 20 years of medication and therapy on off uh, has come to a good spot now definitely and it's uh, it's taken that long to really understand it and I never used to read or research as much before now when you say research you know everybody can research we know that (laughs) but the research I've done is more going to the bookstore or the library and getting proper books on it, written by doctors and stuff Mm. like that. Right. And reading, reading as many books as I can. And I remember my therapist saying, you can almost use that as sort of an addiction too. So don't go too far on that. Um, But just she, she gave me a list of ones that she liked. And so I went with that and yeah, it just really, once you understand things, it really puts it all in. Oh, okay. Well, that's it then. So really it sums it, sums it up to being, okay with it, sitting inside the feelings, sitting inside with like allowing the thoughts to come on. You're not, as you've discussed many times on your podcast, you're not trying to get rid of it. You're not trying to cure yourself of OCD. Just be cool with it. It's there. It's part of your brain. It's the way the brain functions and just be able to, um, to let it be. And I always think of the Beatles. So just think of, let it be, and just let it happen. And then you can, if you need to, find a refocus. So, in that case, playing music was the—I grab my guitar and noodle around on the guitar, and, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're on to the next step.
0: Yeah, oh, cool. yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. It's a really uh, positive uh, story in a way that you have there. You know, you're very obviously very proactive. Um, you know, and that's that's being a big part of the reason for, for your success, like I guess, in in kind of arriving to where you are today, where you feel like you're you're managing it much better. Um
1: yeah, okay. well, we were talking, oh sorry, Robert. At, at the beginning you were before we started recording, we were talking about the pandemic too, right?
2: Mm, yeah.
1: And at, at right around the time that uh um well, so I be, became a dad and, and a husband. And then that your, your, your obsessions or your worries and the OCD process changes at that point. I don't know, you're, you mentioned you have a girlfriend. Are you your dad yet? No. Uh, not, not yet, dad. no. <laughs> but again, that's a whole different world when that changes. So a whole new section of worries and concerns happen, obviously. But then when the pandemic hit, it was like, okay, we're you know, isolated at home, not going to work. Um, whatever you're staying in touch with everybody but there's a lot more time on your hands and the whole this whole thing could be really hard for me unless I really buckle down and just take what I've learned and put it into practice and that's that was the key just being cool with it and just letting it happen and move on be okay with living in the moment mindfulness and and move on from there and so Absolutely. yeah I'm, i feel better now than i ever have because of finally understanding
0: yeah, that's, uh, that's really great. And, you know, that that acceptance mindset, it really is the the key. And, you know, so often, actually, you know, we're, sometimes it's tolerating, it's not always 100% accepting, you know, sometimes it's moving towards yeah. trying to accept because, you know, obviously, the fears, the anxiety, the discomfort can be very, very challenging. And there's moments where you're going to be like, It's I really want to be cool, but it's so hard to be cool right now. But in that moment, it's just doing your best to try to still remain calm, to know that, you know, this whatever you're feeling is going to pass in time. You're not going to be stuck with it. And, uh, you know, that you you will get through this and and you're 100 percent right. I think it's it's having that that mindset of it's going to be okay. You know, I don't have to get rid of this. I don't have to cure it. It's just part of who I am. You know, I'm perhaps somebody who struggles more with anxiety than other people. Perhaps I have a more overactive amygdala. You know, perhaps in my family, there's more biological um, uh, um, likelihood that, you know, people in my family will struggle with these kinds of issues. Um, There's all sorts of reasons why and you know people sometimes really want to find the answer like why me and this isn't fair you know like uh, why do I have to struggle with this yeah Um,
1: that's what I was like when I was younger yeah me too I didn't understand it
0: me too yeah and and some days still you you can still if you're not careful drop into that kind of mindset Um, but Mm -hmm. generally speaking you know it's as soon as you start getting into that mindset it gets so much worse very very quickly um you whereas- gotta think
1: about the other people that you know that that have this there's I, I forget the numbers but tons and tons of people suffer from not only OCD but they have Tourette's and they have different uh they have anx- all kinds of different anxiety related mental health problems they, they they do suffer with eating disorders and people don't again now we're finally getting the point of talking about it and posting about it and being cool with it like i talk about it with coworkers a lot more openly than i and even 10 years ago i would never have thought to even disclose information like this to anybody mm. and now it's kind of a i don't broadcast it but it's uh well i am right now broadcasting it <laughs> but it's more of a yeah it's just something that is okay like just that's how everyone gets through this stuff is to be able to talk about it. So you can know that, Oh, okay. So other people are having this issue. That guy has that issue. And Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. This guy has a show. This is a great podcast about it. You know, there's avenues.
0: Absolutely. Just
1: thinking you're all by yourself. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, maybe, maybe that is part of it as well. Um, You know, these days, maybe it is, um uh, not easier necessarily but it's 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 um easing to the mind to know that uh, there's other people out there that you're not alone um you know that that there's there's ways to communicate with other people who may be struggling um there's podcasts to listen to there's you know you know where to go for therapy when I when I um first kind of discovered I had OCD I think there was literally one or two websites on the internet yeah. about it there was almost zero information uh, and thankfully you know that's completely changed now there's there's so much stuff out there and i think um i think a lot more people were realizing at a younger age that that they're struggling with this stuff and i think you're absolutely spot on i think more people were recognizing that it's you know it's not a weakness that you've that you've got this there's no need um you were speaking about shame and guilt earlier there's no need to have that sense of shame or guilt um it's it's, literally
1: chemical like it's literally just the way your brain physically works and mm, and then your thoughts ruminate off of that like it's just how it works yeah you don't have to feel bad about
0: it yeah yeah and it's so yeah i think generally speaking as a society We're really improving in that. There's still a lot of work to do, obviously, you know, and um, and I hope it continues to improve. But just the fact that we're here now uh, and we're speaking about this and we're sharing and, you know, many more people are openly kind of speaking about it. I think it's going to really help moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the key right there. I I've started noticing some traits uh, in my, she would kill me if she, if she knew what I was talking about her, my daughter, she's nine years old now. And I've started noticing her having some similar um, traits yeah. <laughs> attributes that you would recognize <laughs> as well. Yeah. So right away, I've uh, tried not to be too intense about it, but try to just help her understand what's going on and um, or what's probably going on because she's still quite young, but we can talk our way through this stuff and I give her some of my little tools and tricks that I use and that that's what made me want to uh even talk about it more because there's other kids like her or other adults like her that are they they don't know what's going on but they know they're not comfortable so they need to understand that no it's okay like it's okay to feel like this it's just it's how it's going to work right now and you're gonna understand more about it too. So just sit inside it. That's what my therapist said, just sit inside it, let it happen, it'll overwhelm and then it'll just sort of fade away. And especially once you refocus onto something. So I've started to get her. She likes to draw, she likes to dance and she's in dance lessons and all that stuff. So just trying to keep uh, mentally and physically active as much as you can. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, that kind of leads into my next kind of question, really. And, um, you know, I, I, I talk a fair bit on the podcast about the importance of creativity um, and, and how when we are focused on creative endeavours in a, in a positive way, we're actually using up, um, you know, a lot of that kind of nervous, anxious energy, you know, that's related to OCD we're, we're using that in a positive way. We're finding an outlet for that energy. And what I've kind of found over the years is when I'm doing that, when I'm using that, that energy in a positive way, I'm not turning it, that energy on myself, which is so often what seems to happen with, with OCD. It's, it's like there's this kind of excess energy that perhaps I haven't channeled effectively or in a useful way. And when I don't, when I'm not engaged in my life, when I'm not doing creative things, when I'm not, you know, when I'm not happy and just doing, engaging, making a difference or whatever it is that I might be doing, that's when the OCD would tend to get a lot worse. And I think creative endeavors really give you that, that outlet, that opportunity to, to, to kind of, you know, express use that energy yeah to use that energy and and you know and and also express what you're going through you know like um which kind of leads into um to asking about uh your your song so you when you contacted me you uh you sent me a song that you'd uh that you'd written about about your struggles Do you could you uh tell us a little bit more about that please yeah
1: absolutely so yeah as I've been writing music for 20, I don't know, <laughs> 25 years now. Uh, learning how to to write music in a, in a non-cheesy way is always a project too. Um, <laughs> and I like, I really like the storytelling type songwriters. I'm a big Neil Young guy. Um, so those sort of artists that like to tell stories. Um, if you listen to like Bruce Springsteen, he puts a lot of his a lot of his songs are written from the point of view of different characters. So he may put how he's feeling in this character's mind and tell a story from that character. I've never really done well with that. So I've always kind of told a story from my own point of view. Um, But there's a level of how much of the story you want to be obvious with and how much of it you want to bury it in the lyrics. So anyway, without getting lost on a tangent there, but with this particular song, I wrote it specifically, and I was showing my daughter there a few minutes ago, actually, before we started, I was showing her the song. She didn't really realize that I had wrote it, written it about her. So it's kind of from my point of view, telling her it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be okay. I've dealt with this my whole life. Don't worry, you're on my mind. I'm always thinking about you anyway. So you always have someone to talk to and we'll get through this together. Um, so that's kind of what the lyrics are about. And I just thought, oh, this is I, I like the, the way the lyrics come off. So I wanted to share it with different uh mental health advocates that I do know in my in my socials to some degree. And so I thought I'd send it to you. I sent it to my therapist and just to a few different people um to see if if anybody wants to use it or can use it in any way, if someone likes listening to folk music then and they can connect to the song, then please enjoy, you know, that's basically what it is. It's just to be able to give someone a little bit of reassurance, reassurance, not as a compulsion, but reassurance (laughs) as in the form of, don't worry, like, this is going to be cool. You will get through this. It's everyone's got something to deal with. Yeah. Compassion. Yeah. That's exactly it. Compassion. Mm, So yeah. Yeah. That's what I wrote it about for my daughter. and uh, That's what I thought I would uh, share with you.
0: Fantastic so um yeah i mean yeah if you if you'd like to to get your guitar and uh, share that would be uh, amazing it'll be the first time we've had someone playing live music on the uh, on the oh,
1: podcast
2: okay,
1: okay. oh that's <laughs> great i got uh <laughs> i got a big uh um, lots of pressure lots of pressure here i'm just gonna move the mic again <laughs> I think, I mean, it's still going to sound sort of wobbly and internet-y yeah. because, and it is going far away. It's quite a few kilometers between us right now.
0: Yeah, to be fair. The fact that we're even able to do this at all is pretty amazing.
1: It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, cool. um, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll play this song and then I'll get out of your hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, let's go for it. Let's hear it. It's awesome.
1: Okay, cool. So this is a tune called... Uh, on my mind. And uh, this is the one that I sent to you there. That's, that's about, uh, um, basically reassuring someone, anybody who, uh, who is suffering from mental health. Actually, I got some reverb. See what this sounds like. Hey, okay, hey. Yeah, cool. yeah Yeah. All right. So here we go.
2: <laughs> thanks man thank
0: you that was really good i really like it fantastic oh, song thank you yeah yeah thanks so, so much. um yeah so um you share that you 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 share the song with your daughter does she uh, does she appreciate it
1: oh she does but she's kind of <laughs> like uh oh, okay dad thanks <laughs> Yeah, sure whatever Well that's okay i guess that's what happens when you grow up with someone always singing loudly and playing guitar loudly at you <laughs> cool. So yeah. if people want to want
0: to listen to your well listen to that song specifically, what can they what can they do?
1: Yeah, I've got uh that's on a record that I just uh, released uh, this past fall time on um uh it's on Apple Music and Spotify. So my name's Chris Koche and it, the record's called Protocol and it's mainly a lot of songs about the pandemic. And that one there is mental health and dealing with the pandemic uh, and, and dealing awesome. with your mental health through it as well. Mm. Um, but it's on Apple Music, Spotify, but then I also have SoundCloud. I don't know if you know SoundCloud. It's yeah. a service you use. I've got a SoundCloud site there too. So my music's there and I got a bunch of this stuff on YouTube as well. So you should be able to find me there. And if not, then find me on Facebook or whatever, and I can send you the info.
0: Awesome. That's great. Listen oh. there. Yeah, I'll put all the uh, the links in the the show notes so people can just uh tap on that if they want. If oh, it's yeah, fabulous, man. You Thank you. It. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um if you if you only had one piece of advice for people who who might be struggling with with OCD, what what would it be?
1: I I guess it would be like you said there earlier com, compassion, so just be be cool with yourself. Don't be so angry at yourself. Um, m- mainly just allow it to happen. Allow yourself to, to feel this way. It's going to get better. Just dial it down a bit and sit inside it and it'll fade away and y- you can move on to the next thing. I guess Amazing. that's the advice.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. That's really positive. Uh- advice there to, to end on Chris thank you so much for your time it's been it's been great talking to you hearing about your story and obviously uh you know listening to your song there so thanks a lot
1: Robert this is fabulous man thanks so much for inviting me on I'm uh, like I said I was super pumped so I'm glad I can can join you